Hello, everybody, and welcome to Care Talk. My name is Laura Packard, and I'm a healthcare advocate and executive director of Healthcare Voices. This issue is personal to me because I'm a cancer survivor, and the insurance I received through the Affordable Care Act paid for the treatments that have me alive today and in remission. So it's my pleasure to host this show every Monday, answering your healthcare questions and make sure you get the care that you need. So let's start by talking a little bit about healthcare in America works or doesn't work because it's a system that's uh, made up of several different parts uh, because people get insurance through their employer or through Medicare if they're a senior or have uh, certain medical conditions, uh, Medicaid if they're low income, uh, and uh, CHIP for children, the Affordable Care Act if they don't have insurance uh, through their employer. And then a large portion of Americans are still uninsured today. So we'll be tackling your questions on any and all of these and also uh, helping out people that are uninsured that don't have insurance today. And some of those people are eligible for free or low cost health insurance plans already. They just may not know about it. And with that, let me welcome our esteemed experts to help answer your healthcare questions. So uh, the first question is uh, about uh, what do you need to do right now uh, to get insured uh, next year? What should you be looking for to make sure you choose a health plan that meets your needs? And what are the dates you should be paying attention to? Uh, so welcome, Zoid from Health Sherpa. Hey, thank you. Um, so my first so when you're shopping for Affordable Care Act plans or plans through the health insurance marketplace, before you even start looking at health plans, I, re I recommend you make sure you can get as best an estimate of your 2022 income as you possibly can. So if your hours vary at work, look at some of your last few pay stubs, try to use that to estimate, make sure you're looking at your gross pay. So before taxes are taken out for the next year. Um, if there are multiple earners in your household, sit down with them, ask them to bring some pay stubs. That will help you make sure that you're seeing accurate prices for the plans. And then also your income can qualify you for a cost sharing reduction on silver plans. And what that is, um, it's also called a shortened to CSR. It lowers the deductible out-of-pocket maximum and um, your co-pays or co-insurance on silver plans. And there's different levels of that depending on your income. So the lower your income, the more of a reduction you can get in those costs. Um, after you fill out an application with the marketplace, it will say whether you qualify for those extra savings. Um, but you have to get a silver plan in order to see those. So I always strongly recommend you look at those first. Um, they can be even better than the gold and platinum plans, um, but still cheaper. And then past that, the major things to be looking at are your deductible and out-of-pocket maximum. Um, and then consider what are the key things that you need from healthcare? Are you most concerned about some of your specialty medications or specialist doctor's visits? Are you having a baby and need to consider the costs of you know, tests and labor and delivery? You know, make a list of the top things you expect to be using your health insurance for. 
um, and then look at the copays and coinsurance for those under each plan. Um, and then, of course, consider the out-of-pocket maximum alongside that as well. If the co-pays are a little higher, but that out-of-pocket maximum is much lower, that may still end up being a better deal overall. Um, those are kind of the main. And what are the deadlines for the ACA? Uh, the deadline for the ACA is you have to en uh, enroll and select a plan by December 15th for a plan to start on January 1st. Um, and you can enroll by January, uh, January 15th for a February 1st start date. So open enrollment is um, continuing until January 15th, but if you really, if you need a plan starting January 1st, which most do need that plan, uh, make sure you enroll by December 15th. And Diane uh, from uh, Just Care and uh, Social Security Works, uh, what should we be looking for uh, in terms of Medicare to make sure that you get a plan that meets your needs? Lots of things. So just to piggyback on what Zoid was saying, um, if your income is low, um, you may be able to take advantage of either Medicaid to pick up your premiums or a Medicare savings program, which is also available through Medicaid. And lots of people don't really appreciate that there's this help available when it comes to costs. So definitely, if your income is you know, under 200% of poverty, you should be looking into those programs. Uh, in addition, and this is where it gets really complicated, um, in addition to sort of thinking about what you know you're going to uh, in terms of your health care, uh, the drugs you're going to take or the doctors you're going to see, you want to think about the fact that health care is not only about today, it's about tomorrow. And tomorrow a lot can happen. You know, we know, we all have seen people facing, you know, horror stories out of left field unexpectedly. So what I always say is that if you can, you want to pick a health plan, not only that meets your needs today, but that will meet your needs tomorrow. So from the today perspective, uh, you want to look at the drugs you're taking and go to the Medicare Part D plan finder. Um, or call your state health insurance assistance program where you can get free guidance and um, see which of the health plans covering prescription drugs is best able to keep your costs down. Even if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, a private health insurance plan that offers Medicare benefits, you might want to switch Medicare Advantage plans to get cost savings on your drugs because each of those plans is connected to a drug plan, but some of them, again, will, will charge you more and some of them will charge you less. I also say to people to look really carefully at um, the differences between traditional Medicare, the government-administered health insurance plan, and the Medicare Advantage plans, which are administered through health insurers. And the reason is because what traditional Medicare offers is the ability to see almost any doctor in the country and use almost any hospital in the country and get coverage. Um, and there are very few obstacles to care, administrative obstacles, very few prior authorization requirements and other hassles. In the Medicare Advantage plans, you have restricted access to doctors and hospitals, and there are many financial and administrative hurdles. So why would anybody go to Medicare Advantage? Well, there is a reason, and that is that Medicare Advantage plans have an out-of-pocket maximum. And so you are protected financially after you spend as 
typically about $5,000 a year out of pocket for in-network care. Whereas with traditional Medicare, there is no out-of-pocket cap. And so you need to buy supplemental coverage and that can easily cost a couple thousand dollars a year. And you know that's a lot of money. So I think a lot of people are almost forced to switch to Medicare Advantage in order to avoid having to pay for some. And what are the dates that people with Medicare should keep in mind? Okay, so another great question. You have until December 7 to, um, to choose a Medicare plan for next year at beginning January 1. Um, and even if you're already enrolled in Medicare, if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan and want to switch to traditional Medicare or you're in tra- traditional Medicare and you want to stay or switch, you can do any of that switching uh, until December 7th of this year. And then you do have some time in the new year if you're unhappy with your choice just to disinfect. And for more specifics on the rules, I think best you call your state health insurance assistance program for free guidance to meet your person. And that's a, a, a good point. Uh, so if, if you pick our uh, plan, are you locked into that plan? And if so, for how long for Medicare? You, you have another chance during open enrollment next year to change it. Yes. And, and you have um, in, in a bunch of different situations, you also have a right to change. So if you happen to be in a Medicare Advantage plan and your doctors leave the network, and so the doctors who you depend on um, are no longer covered, you have a special right to switch. And there are other situations, for example, if you move or if it's your first year of coverage in Medicare Advantage and you want to leave. So don't assume you're locked in contact your state health insurance assistance program and see if you have a right to. And Zoid, what about the ACA? If you sign up now, are you locked in until open enrollment next year? Um, so you're not necessarily locked in. Um, first thing to keep in mind is that you, you still have until the end of open enrollment to make your decision. So if you go and enroll in a plan today on number, November 15th, but then you do some more research, research or you change doctors, and on December 15th, you decide that you'd rather go with a different plan, you can still do that. Um, And it will still start on January 1st. Also, if throughout the year you experience a qualifying life event, um, you can change plans. Um, Those are a specific list of events that you can find on healthcare.gov, but they are things usually related to moving or changes in your household or income. So if you move to a different county or state and so you gain access to different plans or lose access to your current plan you can change if you have a child get married or if you have a change in income that changes your eligibility for the tax credit or the cost sharing reduction i was talking about earlier so let's say you were eligible for that cost sharing reduction so you went with a silver plan um, but then you had an increase in income and you no longer are in that scenario, you'd be able to change plans. And same as the opposite, your income lowers, you want to take advantage of a silver plan, you can do that. Um, Sometimes with these events, um, you are still, you're restricted in which plan you can change into. Typically, you have to stay within the same metal level. Or for example, if you're newly eligible for that cost sharing reduction, um, you'd have to move into a silver plan. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. You can't necessarily jump up from a bronze plan to a gold plan just because, you know, you got married. Um, It depends on your event. Um, And you can find more details about that on healthcare.gov and then also on HealthSherpa as well. We have some information on that. 
Uh, I just want to pick up on one thing Zoid said, which is really smart, which is that if you sign up for a plan and then decide, oh, no, I made a mistake, it's not too late to switch. You have as, um, until the last day of the open enrollment period to switch to a different plan. You can keep switching until you feel you're comfortable with the plan um, that you've elected. And one other piece of advice, uh, just because it's been out there in the news a bit, which is if you're watching Joe Namath or another older celebrity on television um, telling you that you need to call the Medicare helpline uh, for free help on which plan to choose, I really would advise you to um, take, if you do decide to call, to take what they tell you with a grain of salt and not trust it entirely because uh, the Joe Namath ads and other ads featuring celebrities um, can be very misleading for people. They are not um, they're not Medicare government sanctioned ads. They are um, corporate ads designed to get you to sign up with a plan. And you want to make sure that you get the plan that's best for you and not the plan that's that's best for the company that's making money off of your enrollment. Absolutely. And uh, what if you're on multiple medications that cost you uh, several hundred dollars a month, even with insurance? What can you do to bring down your drug costs? Zoid? Yeah, so there are a few different things that you can do. Um, I say this a lot, but first step should be to talk to your provider. Um, not Some doctors will be more helpful with this than others, but it's always a first place to check. Um, you can bring in a copy of your plan's drug formulary if you need to. You should be able to find that online on your insurance website. Um, look at the drugs that you take with your doctor and discuss that if, if there are any other options that you might be able to try. I know, you know, changing medications is not something you want to do lightly. Um, and most providers do try to start with less expensive options. But since every insurance plan can be different in terms of where the drugs fall and how much they are, um, it is worth discussing that with your doctor, letting them know, you know, I actually can't afford this medication, you know, so it's not helping me. Your doctor will want to help you with that because, you know, they're there to look out for your health. Um, and of course, only make that kind of decision with your doctor. If any of your drugs are not being covered by your insurance at all, all insurers do have a process for getting a non-formulary drug covered. So a drug that's listed as not being covered. Usually that involves your doctor filling out a form or sending in a letter saying, you know, we tried other drugs that are on your formulary. They weren't effective. They had severe side effects. My patient is allergic um, and can help advocate for you to get that um, medication covered. And sometimes an attentive and knowledgeable pharmacist can also be very helpful in that situation. Um, and then many drug companies um, do have assistance programs and copay cards. Um, that's always worth looking into. There are online resources for finding those. I think we have a link um, to one through Just Care USA on ActTV slash Care Talk. Um, and there's also medicineassistancetool.org where you can put in your age, what kind of insurance you have, um, the medicines you're on, and it'll um, show you some programs that may be able to help you. And then lastly, since we are in open enrollment, drug formularies change every year, insurance plans change every year. It's so important to actively shop and renew your plan. Even if you're satisfied right now, check to see if anything's changing. Look at the drug formulary for 2022. Um, that should always be part of your annual process. And what about for Medicare, Diane? 
So I second everything that Zoid said. I think that's all really important. And often doctors um, will, if you go to them and say, I just can't afford all these drugs, be able to maybe reduce the number of drugs you're taking to also reduce your costs that way or to switch you to a lower cost generic drug. So really important to talk to your doctor. Um, and then um, really important to look carefully at your Part D prescription drug insurance plan options because you can save literally hundreds of dollars by choosing one over another, uh, depending upon the drugs you're taking. Um, and then I just want to add um, Kaiser uh, Health News had a story not that long ago about how millions of Americans actually buy their drugs abroad. Um, it's not legal, um, but nobody has ever been prosecuted um, for importing drugs for personal use. And there are verified pharmacies that you can go to um, where you can literally get your drugs at you know, a tenth or a hundredth of the price um, that you would pay in this country in some cases. Um, not to do lightly, but if you're desperate for a drug, um, it's, it is something that millions of Americans do do. And then finally, I wanted to say there is some good news that appears ahead for um, people with Medicare uh, with regard to their out-of-pocket drug costs. Um, it looks as if Congress is going to put an out-of-pocket cap of $2,000 on um, the Medicare Part D drug benefit. Um, so that will help um, literally hundreds of thousands of people with Medicare who have asked for drug costs. Um, well, $2,000 is a lot of money. Um, I really appreciate it and it's still way too high, but it would be a huge help and allow a lot of people right now who can't afford um, to pay the copays um, to finally get the drugs they need. And in addition, it is also looking as if Congress might um, cap drug costs for um, the 60 most expensive, most popular drugs in Medicare um, over the next several years. And that also would, will be saving you some money. And if, if the law works the way people are saying it will, um, even people in the state health exchanges and with employer coverage will get to benefit um, from these lower drug prices. But um, uh, nothing has been enacted yet, and so time will tell. And I know uh, we've talked about having a special um, episode on what's in the uh, reconciliation bill once it passes. So more than Absolutely. We'll be talking much more about Build Back Better. Uh, so let's talk now about premium prices. Uh, Zoid, how are things looking for the ACA uh, for plans next year? Yeah, so overall, things are actually looking pretty good, believe it or not. Um, so some of you may know that the spike in the prices in 2018, um, this was due to a couple of different policy reasons um, that I won't get into right now, um, but for sure can in a future episode if folks are interested. Um, but prices have gradually been going down since then. Um, so the, the gross premiums are what folks would pay um, before receiving any sort of tax credit. Um, they have um, gone down. Um, I lost the exact percentage, but a few percentage points. Um, and then the net premiums, so what folks pay after tax credit has gone down significantly because of the subsidies 
um, that were increased with the American Rescue Plan Act, which are continuing through next year, which may continue even further with the Build Back Better bill. Um, so our through Health Sherpa, our medium net premium that we're seeing is around $18. So most um, average of $18 or medium, median rather. And then healthcare.gov, their data is saying that about four of, out of five people can find a plan for under $10. Um, so it, if you haven't been able to for, afford the plans in the past, things have changed, they're continuing to change. So it is definitely important to go and look and see what you're eligible for now. But I have a question, Zoid. If mm -hmm. you don't qualify for a premium subsidy, mm -hmm. um, are the premiums that low or did they get significantly higher? Um, so they're significantly higher if, if you don't qualify for the tax credit. Um, let me, I don't have a, an average, let me see. So the average um, benchmark plan, which is the second lowest cost silver plan for a 27 year old is um, about $368 a month. Um, and so that's a 27 year old. It's gonna be more expensive as you get older. And again, that's average. It really varies throughout the country. Um, a lot of folks do qualify for that tax credit. Um, there are various reasons why you might not, aside from income. Um, but yeah, they are. Um, yeah, that's what they are. And what's going on with premiums for Medicare, Diane? Well, they were just announced the new premium. So let me put them in context. The good news is, first, that Social Security benefits are going up for next year by an average of about $90 a month. The bad news is that the Medicare Part B premium is going to eat into a chunk of that um, because the Medicare Part B premium, the standard premium is going up to $170.10 a month. So that's, that's a big uptick for people. Um, and that is um, interestingly, um, going up that high because of one drug that is likely to be approved by the federal government um, to be covered um, under Medicare Part B that has never been covered before. And that is a drug for Alzheimer's disease called Aduhelm that um, has actually not been proven to have any clinical benefits yet. Um, and it's not clear that it does have clinical benefits, but the FDA has approved it for certain people with Alzheimer's. And as a general proposition, the government tends to cover whatever drugs the FDA approves. So this is one of these situations where um, here we have this drug that actually is going to cost more than $50,000 a year and has no proven clinical benefits yet that will drive up Medicare Part B premiums for everyone if the government, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services approve it. And yet, you know, obviously people with Alzheimer's want to have access to drugs that can help extend their lives and improve their lives. Um, but at that price, because the government isn't regulating the price of the drug, um, it is really a huge financial burden for everyone with Medicare if CMS does end up approving. And a question from our viewers. Uh, Mario uh, says that uh, Medigap, sup Medigap supplements cost uh, 
uh, over uh, $200 a month. It's become unaffordable for a retired couple. Uh, Diane, do you have any advice for that situation? Okay, let's start with the fact that it is unaffordable um, to a lot of people, as are the out-of-pocket costs in Medicare Advantage. And this is an increasingly big problem for people, everyone with Medicare. I mean, you have the choice of buying Medicare supplemental coverage, which is often unaffordable, or taking a gamble and going into Medicare Advantage and not being able to afford the deductible and co-pays and not being able to access the care you need there either. Um, the solution, the simple solution, obviously, would be for the Congress to regulate um, prices more than it currently is. Um, Medicare uh, hospital and doctor prices are regulated, but other um, other services and uh, treatments under Medicare um, are sometimes not, and that drives up costs like Adjuhelm drugs. Um, but with Adjuhelm, just to say, that's a Part B um, that would be covered under Part B of Medicare. That's a drug. And as I mentioned, Part B premiums are going up. That would also mean that the Medicare sub costs would go up as well. So $200 might today might be $250 uh, next month. One option would be to, um, to see if you could buy a, a, a Medicare supplemental plan with a deductible, a bigger deductible, which would reduce the premiums, but you would still be liable for the deductible. So there's no really getting around that unless you qualify for Medicaid, which would um, avoid your needing to have to buy a supplemental policy or possibly a Medicare savings program. So definitely check um, your if your income is low, even if you think you might you're over the qualifying um, level, you might not be. There are sometimes deductions that you might not be aware of. So definitely look into that as, as your best option. Okay. And this question is from Shelly. Uh, I'm a trans woman who is about to get facial feminization surgery, which is covered. However, my surgeon has suggested uh, Botox injections for even better results. Are there insurance companies with plans that cover these injections? I can get letters from my surgeon and therapist that say they are necessary. Uh, so Zoid, what would you recommend? Yeah. Yeah, first of all, Shelly, I'm so happy to hear that your surgery is covered. We've come a long way in this country in terms of getting more coverage for transition-related healthcare, but we have a very long way to go still, so it's always nice to hear. Um, I have a few different thoughts. Um, it's hard for me to give specific advice without knowing which state you're in and what kind of insurance you have, but I have um, a few different recommendations. Um, again, I said it before, talk to your surgeon or their office. Um, they might have some recommendations of how to get this covered by insurance. Um, if they're having you go to a different clinic for the Botox ingestions, then ask which clinics they refer to and then call those clinics. Um, second, since you said that you can get a letter saying that these injections are medically necessary for your transition, your current insurance may cover them. Um, it's not for sure. It's kind of a misconception that insurance will cover anything as long as it's medically necessary. Unfortunately, that's not true. However, depending on their policy, these injections may qualify. Um, according to, you know, the current laws, which are not always followed to the letter, but according to how things should work right now, if your insurance company would cover um, a service or medication for a cisgender person's medically necessary care, they have to cover it for a trans person as well. And there are medical uses for Botox, for Botox, so those injections may fall under that category. So I would recommend speaking with your insurance company. 
And if you're going down this road, um, simultaneously also look into the appeals process for your insurance company. Um, on, um, on our website, we have a link to Just Care USA, USA's guide for appealing a denial. Um, there's also the Patient Advocate Foundation has a downloadable PDF that talks all about how to file an appeal with your insurance company. And these are just in general useful information for anyone to have, but especially if you're anticipating you might get some pushback. And then lastly, there are different charity and mutual aid organizations that help trans folks transition. Um, I don't know if they would cover your specific situation, but I also want to share these for any other trans people that may be listening. Um, Point of Pride has an annual surgery fund and applications are open until the end of this month. Gender Bands has transition grants and are accepting applications until the end of this year. And then there's also the Jim Collins Foundation. Um, their 2022 grant, uh, grant cycle is closed, but their cycle for 2023 will open in May. Thanks. And we've run out of time for today, but we will be back a week from today. Uh, no doubt we will be talking much more about Build Back Better, uh, especially if there's been a vote by then. We'll cover more in depth what's in it and we will keep answering your questions. So thank you for caring. And this is Care Talk. <laughs> <laughs>